Hello, hello, listener, and welcome to episode 11 of Area de Rigori. That is ADR. I am Danish Iqbal. He is Maxi Angelo. How are you doing, Max? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? Good to have you, mate. Good to have you as usual. Yeah, it's episode 11 of ADR. You know the drill by now. All things culture, all things Syria. Thank you for joining us, whether it's on Anchor, Spotify, or um, Apple. Thank you for listening uh, to me and Maxi chat shit every week about Syria. How's it going, Max? Good week? Yeah, it's been a good week. Uh, a lot to do, but uh, yeah, can't complain. Uh, what, do you, what, do you, what do you mean a lot to do? You've been doing some errands or washing, washing your clothes? What have you been doing? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I'm in. I'm in the process of, of moving, and uh, and then I'm also. I've also had a lot uh, as work. Um, so yeah, but I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm alive. Busy, busy, huh? Busy, busy. I think it's just the pandemic has sort of really gone now, and people are like, "Oh shit, yeah, my life's really busy again." Yeah. The the people that I've spoke to, for instance, like they're all back in the office and they hate it. Yeah, yeah, and you know. Um, it's it's been a, a lot to do now since uh, Russia invaded the Ukraine. Um, oh, oh, so early! This is, is political, man. It's political. Ain't ain't no separation between politics and football, man. Nah, I'm I'm just joking. But <laughs> yeah, you know, it's I I work with the uh, with the uh, football journalism, so it's been a lot like. Um, catch up on and uh, yeah and i mean as as i work in sweden there's a lot to like investigate with uh how how the swedes in and russia are doing and uh, and shit yeah they're going to stay and yeah stuff like that you know so i mean now that you've mentioned it so just just tell us a little bit a little bit about it like the swedes in russia so right now, um, or is it sorry? Just to, so it's Swedes in Russia, or it's in Ukraine, or and how, how do you know these guys? Yeah, so I, I work uh, as a f- football journalist, uh, and I I keep in contact with uh, mainly just the, the the Swedish players in in Russia. Uh, we only had one in Ukraine, but he evacuated um, like one or two days into the invasion, um, but. We still have uh, plenty of players in in Russia, so we've been keeping up up to date with them. Uh, however, how everything is going, if they're going to stay. Uh, one of our biggest like stars in the national team today, Viktor Klasson, just announced that he's leaving his club uh, Krasnodar. Um, so it's it's been a lot to like process in that way. Uh, hmm. Why is he leaving, by the way? So Krasnodar is uh, like a city pretty close to the Ukrainian border. And uh, I guess he and the players felt unsafe there and also couldn't like work in a, in a country that uh, that's putting war into another country, uh, I guess. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but yeah, I... That's what I heard, and uh, yeah, it is it is impacting. I think a whole lot of people in Europe and well, I mean the world in general. It's like the first, I think, European war for how long? Like thirty five years or something? Like the first real European war? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, for, for instance, if we're speaking on a Syria front, Roberto de Zerbi, 
and Paulo Fonseca, who were Serie A managers last year of Sassuolo and Roma. They've talked about their journeys evacuating Ukraine. Uh, De Zerbi had to uh, stay in an underground car park for, I think it was a few hours, and then the embassy got him out, and Fonseca had to get a, a camper van with 12 other Portuguese, and they, they were either players or staff of... Um, of teams in Ukraine, they're they're safely out of there now, but it it is just it's just mad. It's just mad, really. It's also kind of mad because the Zerbi he he was talking at first about staying in Ukraine because he forever because like he couldn't or, ab- or just he couldn't like abandon his team, but um then the team got split up. You know, some of the Ukrainian players went out into the war. And... Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of them went to war. Yeah. I mean, for instance, Klitschko and Usyk went to war. Who? Dude, you don't know boxing? No, no, no. I, I didn't hear the name you said. <laughs> the You know the Klitschkos? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Klitschkos and Usyk went to... Went, uh, they're, they're now fighting in the war. Imagine, you, imagine you're a Russian soldier and you pull up to them. Your ass going to get punched up, man. Yeah, I saw uh, an interview with, uh, with uh, Vladimir Klitschko like yesterday. And I think it was like BBC or CNN asking uh, you... You just went to war uh what can you tell us about it and i was like yeah we killed six people what yeah yeah there's an interview of it on, on twitter certainly straight up he was like oh, i've killed six yeah people. he like no filter at all that's mad man that's mad what klitschko has yeah uh, like he didn't say he he in particular did it but he, like the group he was with uh killed six people he said yeah, they, they killed six people. I just, I, I just, um, my my brain just always thinks about results and solutions and what's next. So I don't know where this finishes or if it finishes at all or what the ne- do you know what I mean? What the next step is and everything. Yeah, it's it's such a complicated matter. Um, very 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 serious. But I I'm I'm like you. I I don't know what to think of it more than it's horrible. It is horrible. Um. I just hope they find some resolution and there's, there isn't too much else you can do apart from donate, take action and, and spread uh, awareness in, in that sense. However, this is not a political podcast. Uh, this is a Serie A podcast, so we do have to talk some Serie A this week. It was an exciting week. We've got new league leaders. We do. A last minute Fabian Rui goal against Lazio. Um Gave them all three precious, precious points after they got knocked out to Barcelona in the week, probably humbled and a little bit embarrassed against Barcelona last week, who are playing much better under Xavi now. Um, Insigne got booed against uh, against Barcelona um, by by his uh, his home crowd. Maybe in light of the fact that he's going to Toronto, maybe the light of the fact that he's not having the finest season. And then he comes up with a perler of a game against Lazio, scores the first goal. It was a rasper, an Insignia rasper, and uh, gets the assist for Fabian Rui in the last minute. Lazio lose 2 1. Um, there's a frequent talk about this team and Napoli in general just having a curse. Uh, ever since Maradona left and they'll never win Scudetto and this team never has character and this team is punching above its weight even to get into the top four. Now, they, they'll start to believe for sure. It might be a bit too late to say it now, but you know who who expected this at the at the beginning of the season that, that Napoli would be in a Scudetto battle? No, no, uh, I don't anybody and, and rightfully so. Um, they might not play like the most eye-pleasing football, but they... Keep continue grinding out the results and and 
are really impressing. Uh, so I think that uh, uh, that yeah, we shouldn't count them out count them out of the Scudetto race because they they've proven time and time again that they they're in it. What do you mean count them out? They're top. They're top. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, but like show some respect. You didn't expect them to be there. <laughs> of course, I'm respecting them, but <laughs> you didn't expect them to be there uh, at this stage of the season. And no, I think if if we're talking generally, I I think that most people still believe that that Inter or Milan will win it. But I, I I'm just saying that we can't count Napoli out because I do think they can can continue like this for throughout the rest of the season. I think the key difference is, and we'll, we'll get onto it, but um, both Milan clubs, once again, failed to pick up three points. The The key difference is, Napoli, when they were going through that little sticky period, their attacking depth is so good, they can change it and a player will come up with something. You know that little period where they, they, beat, um, they beat Milan? Uh, this was sort of coming off, of, off the back of their losses to Empoli. And... Um, off off of a loss to Atalanta. They beat Milan, they went and uh, lost again to Spezia, and then they ground out a, a draw to Juve. They beat Sampdoria 1-0, they beat Bologna 2-0, uh, they beat Venezia 2-0. Uh, they just kept sort of grinding out results, not even by playing well, but they'd have like a, a having Lozano turn up or they'd have a Zielinski turn up or Ilmas um, or Insigne or, or Politano you know what I mean? Their attacking depth is so good and they're able to make changes that they can feel it out and be like, almost like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's Man United. Um, his, the best pieces of his team was, okay, we'll feel out the opposition. And when it comes to 70, 75 minutes, somebody in my team will do something. Exactly. And when it isn't working. We shouldn't forget either that they were out Victor Osman for like a solid month month and a half uh, with that uh, horrific uh, face injury yeah 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 with that with that cheekbone injury and now he has to wear a cool ass Zorro mask <laughs> exactly you see, you see this he's wearing that mask like look like a damn superhero <laughs> but yeah as, as you said they, they continue doing that and they did it without some might say their absolute best player Uh or at least the most important player offensively, I would say. Yes, yes. I mean, he's been probably the best player of the year for me, one of them. Um, who else would we have in there? Maybe Rafa Leal? Yeah, I, Rafa Leal should uh, definitely be there. I, I'd say before his dip in, or before Inter's dip in form as well, Marcelo Brozovic. Brozovic, uh, Immobile has to be there. Gio Simeone. Immobile. Immobile. Immobile has been very good. Uh who else? I mean, now that we're on the topic. Dusan Vlaovic, of course. Dusan Vlaovic, that's a good one. Pellegrini, maybe? I, I think he could be mentioned here. I mean, before, well, yeah. I mean, if we're talking like full 27-odd yeah. games, I don't know who to go for. Or or like, as we discussed before we started recording, uh, Tam Abraham. Yes, but not like, pff, not like player of the year standard you know no 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 of course not but Pasalic no 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 that's a rubbish one Gio Simeone maybe agreed Gio Simeone who we will talk about later but anyway we're getting off topic um Berardi Berardi Domo Domo Berardi um (laughs) (laughs) massive massive win oh of course Caprari you just interrupted my ass man 
Don't be doing that again. No, I'm joking. Go ahead. Caprari was worth it. Caprari. No, but I think that's biased, man, just because this podcast is just a pseudo, you know, I love you, Caprari. Uh, this is basically a Caprari fan podcast. This is just, this. all this podcast is based on Caprari. Yeah. All of it. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, it. this was a huge, huge win against Napoli. Did you see the scenes at halftime? Uh, sorry, halftime, the uh, full-time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could see that they A, needed a win like this because the Europa League was completely gone and B, because it's a last-minute winner against against Lazio to catapult you to the top of the table in uh, a game last week against Cagliari where you failed to capitalise and could have had two points more. Imagine that. I mean, they could be on... I know it's it's very good that they're on 57 and joint top now, but they could be on 59 quite easily and be like bona fide top even with Inter uh, having a game in hand. Yeah, exactly. Um I do think that might be a bit bittersweet, but I uh, I can't I can't really say I think that that's a problem or anything they're t- thinking about now. But in the end, perhaps. Yeah, um, amazing scenes at, at, at full time. You could sort of see as Fabian Rui came onto the ball, you were like, oh, oh, like do you know what I mean? He has a way of shooting when the ball comes at a moving pace, where you know he's going to hit it at that certain technique, and it worked. Um, Insignia's Rasper was also good. Lazio's goal was brilliant too. The, this game was, if you go back and watch the highlights, there's a brilliant range of long-range shots that had e- either A, good saves, or B, they, they went in. Agreed. Um, but, but to be honest, I, I, over 90 minutes, I, I would probably say that Lazio were the better team. I'd agree. I would agree. Um, but but they didn't... The, the, the difference here was that Napoli collected goals from their chances and, and that you didn't. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like I said, the, the attacking depth um, pu- pulling them through. But also, I thought Spalletti made some very, very smart changes. Ilmas, who is really just yeah. a raw player, when he comes on, he his first thing is, I'm, I'm going to go down the line and beat the man. And then his second thing is, where can I get this ball near to one of my players or or near the box to, to create an attacking situation. He's just a very raw, like old school winger, but I, I thought he changed the game when he came on. I, I like his progress this season. Um, he's taking some big steps in his development, I think, and uh, he doesn't really get the recognition he deserves. No, but he, he is a part of uh, an attacking lineup that is multifaceted, I would say, for, for Napoli, which is... Exactly. Uh, I, th- I think it's it's bearing them a lot of fruit this, this year. Uh, Spalletti had this saying in pre-season and they've sort of made it their mantra uh, and, and this is what they've said all season. And I will quote a little bit in, in Italian and see how well it works. Saro Conte e tu non deve molare. I will be with you and you must never give up. Beautiful. That's that's it? That's all you had to say? Uh, I, I thought that was quite telling. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Spalletti has has sort of embedded that into them from preseason. And you could really sort of feel it uh, at the full-time whistle that this team... Um, you, should, you should also... Has this never give up thing about them. Uh, it's, it's also a song, I think. I think it's also a, a song. You should also remember that this is the first season they, they have under Spalletti. Yeah, yeah. Where he is just... I think there's... Yeah, go on. I was just going to say, I think there's a lot more to come from. So I was being polite and, and waiting for you, you to say something. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, it is their first season under Spalletti, and he's he's showing, I think, what this side is actually capable of. And uh, I've said it many times. I'll say it again. I have to apologize to a few Napoli fans who I had conversations with, who I thought Reno Gattuso was doing a f- okay job. Apparently not. Um, and and now we're we're seeing where this side can really come. Can they win the Scudetto, Max? I do think so. Um, they they have like a good squad that and and uh, they have like this. I would say grit to to grind out results, and that that will be very beneficial for them, I think, for the rest of the season. Um, we've seen the. They they also they also probably have one of the best defenders in the world. Yeah, and like as we said one of the best attackers in Europe. Who's that? Osman. Yeah, no, I'm joking. I knew that. I just wanted you to say his name. Zoro, as they call him. They call him <laughs> Zoro. Mad when I would say Lozano. What's wrong with Chucky Lozano? Well, he's not one of the best attackers. <laughs> I'm joking. Okay, yeah, no. Obviously, he's not the best. one of the best attackers in, in Europe. <laughs> we're, 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 we're waffling a lot this week. I was worried there for a second. <laughs> well, I was just going to have a debate with you about how Chucky Lozano is the best attacker in Europe. <laughs> Thank God you didn't. Anyway, Napoli took the onus and capitalised on the fact that, once again, and for the second week running, both Milan clubs did not get three points against opposition where they they should have gotten three points let's let's be honest well let's start with with your lot AC Milan against Udinese why didn't you pick up three points I thought um well, well okay let's let's address firstly the the game and then the the decision for Udinese's goal it was 1-1 uh, it finished Rafa Leao scores for Milan 29th minute first half Milan good I thought they had enough chances I thought they moved the ball well I thought they had good attacking structure. I thought they built up well. It wasn't just here, Leo, go have the ball and now please go ahead and do something with it. There was they were coming at you from all angles. Um Tonali was, I thought, building up the play pretty well. Te Hernandez looked very good. Um and then in the second half I thought things just completely changed. And Beto, for instance, I saw many times where Tomori was on his arse and Beto was either spinning him or just causing him problems with his power and then Udinese eventually got the goal. The The goal for Udinese was pretty controversial because they, the Milan players thought it was it was a handball. Yeah, yeah. So, But uh, VAR was uh, looking at it and decided to let it stand. And I... I, I think you can argue that that's the correct call. I mean, you, uh, I completely understand that Milan have probably been robbed of a lot of points this year. The Spezia one speaks still volumes and, and people still have nightmares about it, I think, fan-wise. The one against Napoli, I think they got robbed as well. But on this occasion, I don't, I don't think there's too many rooms for complainment, uh, com- complaints, is there? No, 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 no. Yeah, uh, Udogi, Udogi. You doggy, doggy. Screw it. <laughs> Sorry, I. Could... Oh, I mean. <laughs> Welcome to Texas. You doggy. You doggy. You doggy. <laughs> you doggy scored food. Who the nazi? And um, I mean, yeah. What What do you think went wrong for Milan? I I think there's like a recurring theme 
for for the past few games where where Milan has kind of started well but lost focus on on the way to the to the finish line and and kind of just blew their their leads two times over now and I don't know why to be honest it's what I think is like a lack of focus because it's like not like giving away victories but this situation could definitely be definitely be avoided and then the problem like another problem is when Milan is actually trying to get a game-winning goal, they don't have that depth to make a difference. I think like the the the, the starting players are are on a high level. I I, I rate Leao, Giroud, um, even Brahim Diaz highly. Uh, but when when you want to make a difference. You can't throw in like Alexis Elemakers or Junior Messias and rely on them to make that difference. Um, that is also a problem I see for Milan. Um, but yeah, it's it's like fr- very frustrating to watch. And, and I also think that, you know, the final moment before creating a chance or taking a finish, that also... N- rarely go in Milan's favor. So I think there's a lot of interchanging problems, but the main one is the focus being lost. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree in terms of... Well, just to give you an example of who came on to change the game against Udinese, Daniel Maldini, Alexis Salamakers, and Ante Rebic, who is particularly just looking very rusty at the moment. I know he scored against Selenitana, but I said it last week. He just, and I thought it was the same uh, in the in the Coppa Italia. He just looks incredibly rusty. I mean, in a, in a time where you need your clutch players to come good, he, he looks rusty. 100% agree. And and I, I, I do think that Ante Rebic is a good impact substitute, but not in this shape he's in right now. Um, as you say, very rusty and doesn't really get much done, I would say. Um, so, yeah, focus and death, death are Milan's main struggles right now, I would say. Um, I mean, what, what do what do you think Milan need in the, in the summer? Or do you think that this team is ready to... I, I think in, in this season where Inter have lost some of their biggest players and now their biggest players are, st- are sort of st- stuntering along. Um, and, you, you know, earlier we, we were all of the ilk that Inter were going to ramp to it. Now they're not. And they're feeling the, the effects of, of not having Lula as a big partnership. I think Milan should be challenging for Scudero this year, like they are. Um, I, I, I don't, what do you feel? Uh, I'm not so sure. Um, I do think that that Inter should win um, quite easily, and uh, because I think there's such a difference between them, uh, Milan and Napoli, um, not not just like squad wise, but 
mentality wise as well. Uh, they've not shown yeah. it now for for the past what is it four games, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but they they should uh, be the the favorite for it, I think. And now. Uh, when uh, Juve are start starting to get going under under Allegri as well, I think yeah. they, people uh, like teams really need to look out for them. 